Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. First Kings chapter 17. Now, I've got to tell you, I must restrain tonight because I would like to read the whole chapter. (laughs) It's only 24 verses. Um, But I won't. I won't do that. I'll just tell you that Elijah's been being fed by ravens and drinking out of a brook. That's some kind of sustaining by the Lord. Brother Serrano, when when you're in such good favor with God that he's got the birds bringing you lunch, that's pretty good favor. It wasn't always easy, but he had the favor of God because he was a man of God. And he was drinking from the brook. And to all of our teenagers, I would tell you, do not do that unless you really know the water. I had a friend whose child ended up in the hospital for months because back in the woods they thought they'd drink from the creek. Wise man told me one time, he said, you better know what's upstream before you drink downstream. (laughs) And that's all going really good until verse 7. Because he's drinking from the brook. Problem says, Brother Titus, verse 7, the brook dried up. Anybody been there where the brook dried up? Everything was going good. It was fine. But the brook dried up. So jump into the text at verse 9 with me. The Lord had spoke to him. The word of the Lord had came to him. And here's where we pick up verse 9. This is what the Lord said. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Gone from ravens and the brook to commanding a widow woman. Seems like a tough choice, God. Listen, when God chooses to bless you, the worst thing you can do is try to become God to God. Worst thing I could possibly do, Brother Turner, is try to convince God that I know better than he does. And you would think that after the ravens have been bringing me lunchables, I would do what he did. So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, The widow woman was there gathering sticks. Well, that's convenient. He called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel. I'm thirsty from my trip. Need a little drink. 
Verse 11. And as she was going to fetch it, he, he called her and he said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Watch her response right here, verse 12. She turned and said, she was already getting the water, but she turned and said at his request for bread, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel. Now, I don't have it here. If I was doing better, I would do this for you. I'd bring you a big glass barrel here so you could see it and see a handful of meal in the bottom of it. Not a barrel full of meal, but a handful of meal in a barrel. She said, and I've got a little oil in a cruise. And on this side of the pulpit, I really should have a big, large cruise that you could see through. And you wouldn't see it filled with that oil all the way to the top. No, no, just a little bit of oil in the bottom. And behold, she said, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son. You're about to hear some of the most depressing words. That we may eat it and die. You're having a tough day, Brother Titus, when you're telling the preacher, I was just getting these sticks so I could go take this little bit of oil and this little bit of bread we're going to eat this and we're going to wait on death. I want you to see the level of empathy from the prophet. Oh, bleeding heart, Elijah, what do you have to say? Fear not. Uh, go do as thou hast said but make me a little cake first. <laughs> and bring it to me. Go, go, go do that. Bring it to me. And after, make for thee and thy son. Then he flips a switch. Watch him. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruise of oil faint. It will not fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. She and he and her house did eat many days. I'm going to preach just a little while tonight. Make me a cake first. Make me a cake. God's looking at some people in the room tonight and he's going to ask you if you're ready to live with an open hand. And he's going to tell you tonight that if you'll live with an open hand and if you'll make him a cake first and if you'll give him what you've got, he'll turn what you've got into more than you could imagine. Man, I feel like, I feel like God wants to do something. Somebody's already receiving it right now. Lift your hands and lift your voices with me, would you? Can 
Come on, let every man, every woman in the building lift your voice. I'm going to turn my microphone off. I want you to just lift your voices and pray. Amen. Turn to two or three people around you before you're seated and tell them God comes first. We here in central Indianapolis area and around the Midwest began to notice a problem here recently. It was a problem that people all over in business had been noticing and yet it was hitting different businesses at different times. It was not being understood until something which was taken for granted was no longer coming via Amazon Prime the way we wanted it to. For our office staff had ran the same dilemma that so many office staffs had ran into. It was easy for us whenever we needed to continue printing to simply print until the toner ran out and then go replace the toner. Now, if you've never replaced toner or you've never worked in an office, toner is this awkward box of stuff that helps make the page actually have print on it. Until one day, the team went to order toner, and the toner was not available. All over the United States, people have been dealing with this little backup issue, especially if you have a Konica Minolta printer. Oh, I feel it in the room. People have been upset about their bulletin not being there. Their notes not being there. I've got to tell you, it's because the devil took the toner. No, that's really not what happened, but there was an explosion all the way in Japan at a factory. That's what it looks like when toner goes missing. <laughs> And we didn't feel it for a long time. The explosion itself happened months before we felt it. Before we ever felt the fact that they were down to a smaller percentage of what they could produce. Before we ever felt the effects of the slowdown, it had already happened months ago. But isn't it true that we often find ourselves in a place where we lost something and did not even know we had until we search for it and it's not there? I will tell you, no one on our team or probably any team of any industry in Indianapolis cared about the origin of where the toner came from 
until it was unavailable. For a lot of us, Brother Womble, we thought the toner just came from Amazon. Some little guy in the back of one of those prime trucks. Until it was no longer available and you start searching out the source. When there's an issue with the source, there's an issue. Allow me in this simple illustrative launching point to tell you, we do not have a source issue. If we have a shortage in the church, it is not a source issue. If there's a shortage of power in the apostolic church, it is not a source issue. If, uh, if there's a shortage of power in your home, it's not a source issue. If there's a shortage of power in the youth group, it's not a source issue. It's a delivery issue. It's a us issue. Okay? I've got no right to be mad at the Amazon Prime guy that he can't bring my toner. I'm trying to see how far I want to take this. I've seen people get very mad at employees that can do nothing. What do you mean? They don't know. They don't own the business. You're not doing anything but hurting your witness. Okay? That little girl makes $13 an hour. She cannot fix you. <laughs> it would be ridiculous for me to be mad at the guy when I call the toner shop and say, hey, we don't have any toner, and Madison's going to have a breakdown. That's not true, but that'd be funny. I... I don't have the right to get mad at him when he tells me, Brother Ben, he said, it's a source issue. The problem in our world right now is that people, people have lost the reality that God is truly limitless in his ability. The power of God should not be filtered through the finite ability of frail people where we try to package and produce God. And if we show up for service and do not get what we wanted, it was somebody else's. Boy, I'm preaching good right now. That's good preaching. If they would have sang better, I would have worshiped better. False. If he would have preached better, I would have worshiped better. Maybe, but false. If I would have showed up and they would have sang that song, I came tonight, I prayed, I prayed that they would sing that song in worship. They didn't sing it. They must not have prayed. I have been in good, not here, not here. Wouldn't happen here. <laughs> Wouldn't happen. I've been in good church services where as soon as service was over, I was still sweaty. I had worshiped God. Brother, brother, brother Turner, I'd done everything. I mean, I had worshiped and shouted. I've got done. My tie is messed up. My hair is, if you can believe it or not, I'm sweaty and I'm just. 
and had people right after service in other, in other churches say to me, you know what, if they would have sang that song, it would have took off tonight. And I've been, I've been, I've been wanting to say, I'm convinced if the Lord walked in the room, you would ask him to give you a sign. How many know that it is not based on how we manufacture it, that the goodness of God and the source, the source does not have to be packaged in a way that I like. I've already found out that if I want to touch him, all I've got to do is reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. Come on, where are my elders that know what I'm talking about right now? You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart. I just reach to the source because people may let me down, but when people let me down, God will send a raven. Where are my honest people that have been down to your last dime and God had to send a raven? Maybe it wasn't a raven, but it was somebody who you didn't even think liked you brought a bag. Those have been some of the funnest times in my life. I can remember times early in our marriage. Babe, when we didn't have, there was no, there was no money. I can remember turning around early in marriage and she was sitting at the table over the checkbook trying to balance and it wouldn't balance. Balanced in the negative. Brother Michael, I turned around and looked and saw her crying over the checkbook. Oh, you shouldn't say that. That's embarrassing. No, it was an opportunity for God to show off. She can judge me on this and tell you before all of you. I turned around bold as I could be and I said, God just told me a check's coming in the mail. That week, two checks from people we didn't know were coming, didn't expect it. How's it happen? He'll send a raven if he needs to. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed begging prayer. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. He knows where you're at. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to beg for it. The source is not dry. The source is not overwhelmed. And Elijah's on a mission here. He's on a mission and he's in a place. And it is padding his resume. I'll tell you this, it's padding his resume. Because if you're so powerful that you drink from the book brook till it's dry, number one, you got a thirst issue. <laughs> but brother Alex, if you're so powerful that he sends ravens to feed you, you can preach at my church. Tell me, tell me we don't want that evangelist. If I introduced the evangelist and said last week, ravens carried him food, everybody in the room would say, I want to hear this guy. Even if he's quirky, right? I want to hear him. His life had become a resume of faith. Somebody said, what did, what did he put on his resume? I think his resume said, I'm Elijah, I pray. He prayed, but he had faith. 
and he fed from the ravens and he drank from the brook until the brook dried up. Now this, verse 7, is where a lot of people go. You got to be kidding me. I was drinking from the brook. And the brook dried up. I wasn't asking for much. I was drinking out of the creek. And by all accounts, when you're drinking from a creek that grows, grows dry, most people in your life would say, get a new job. Yes, they would. You need to do something else. You've obviously lost God's favor. And I got news for you. They didn't call you into this relationship. Elijah, they didn't call you to be a man of God. They didn't call you to be a prophet. So what did Elijah do? Elijah knew that a dry brook was a new opportunity. And if we would start looking at our dry brooks as new opportunities for God to show off instead of places where we... I refused. My God, I feel like... Brother Masquel, you know, there's just sometimes you just feel like preaching. I feel like preaching right now. Because if we could quit turning our dried brooks into idols and start turning in, in and say, I'm going to worship God until I get new direction. Because his mindset did not change when his brook dried up. He could hear the Lord lead him to the next place of revelatory. My God, I feel like I got to tell somebody right now. If you would listen to him, I know your brook might be dry. But there is a widow down the road who needs your miracle to multiply. She... Listen to me, Elijah. I've got to dry up your brook because until I dry up your brook, your miracle will only affect you. As long as I keep water in this brook, it's going to be a miracle every day, but you're the only one that's going to partake of it. I've got to dry up your miracle so that somebody else can see a miracle be Here's our question. God, God is asking a lot of us here tonight, Brother Watkins, can I dry up your current miracle so that I can move you into an avenue of the miraculous that will not only sustain you, but it will begin to sustain other people. That's part of what God is doing with these campuses that he's giving us right now. That's part of why we're in Camby and Greenwood. He said, it's good right here on Fletcher, but would you let me turn some things so that you're not only having church here. Oh, I wish I was preaching to somebody that received that right now. I want, you to, I want you to know it's got to dry up to where you can't be satisfied with just good church here and dance a little bit here and sing a little bit here. But I want there to be a miracle just down the road. And so Elijah, Elijah goes to Zarephath. Why? Because the Lord said, Brother Lash. Why would I go to Zarephath? Why? Why would God let the brook dry up? Because you won't move until it does. I've had people come to me. I'm not satisfied. Everything's fine. I should be satisfied. I got this, this, this. I should be happy, but I'm not. My first question for them is always this. What's your prayer life like? 
People get annoyed by that. People in the room right now, you might not have physically, but you spiritually rolled your eyes. What's my prayer life like? It always was. God forbid the pastor asks, what's my prayer? <laughs> but then I ask this question secondly. What's the Lord saying? What's the Lord saying? What's the Lord saying? If when someone speaks, if your first thought is condescending or can't, feeling after some stuff in the room right now, I'm going to dress it head on because if it's a spirit, I want to take it out. Tell you right now, if you're divisive, if you are divisive, the Lord will never let you be happy here. Never going to let you be happy here because for us to have revival, we've got to have a spirit of unity. We've got to have a spirit of unity. If you need perfect church, it's not going to happen here because we are imperfect people. But if you want to have a revival where God can move on our hearts and minds and challenge So here we go. The brook's dried up and Elijah goes. Everybody say, Elijah goes. Elijah goes because the brook's dried up and he goes to Zarephath. And the Lord has told him what, young people? There's a widow there. Of all people. Right? We got to watch out. As a church, we got to watch out for the fatherless and the widows. I've got to tell you, by my upbringing, the number one person I would not want to reach out to is a widow. Of all the people I'd go to. But the Lord challenges Elijah. I've got a widow to sustain you. He walks in. She's gathering sticks. Has enough discernment to know it's her, but not understand why she's gathering sticks. And the truth is, I don't think he cared. He just knew he had a word from God. <laughs> um, I'm thirsty. Oh, sure. Get me water. She goes to get him drink with Ross. While she's going, uh, by the way, if you could just make me, just make me a little cake, just, just a little, little bread, give me a little something. Here she comes, right? Notice this. She was not going to say anything when he asked for water. She was not a person that wanted to reveal her problem to the prophet. She wasn't, going, she wasn't waiting to unburden herself on him. Because the average person, even when they desperately need it, will not ask for help. You're not helping yourself by, by refusing to be vulnerable. And so he pressed her and said, I need a, I need a look." little cake and she oh, all, all I've got left I got a little bit of oil and I got I got just a little bit of meal just a little bit of meal see these sticks <laughs> I was going to start a fire me and Junior we we're going to eat these this will be our last happy meal it's not even going to be happy. 
is over. Now, every training I've ever done, Brother Benson, all the ministry training, Brother Senior, if I was talking to you about this scenario, you'd have said, no, you, you'd be sweet to that woman. If we didn't know the text, we'd never, no one, all the Bible college training, Brother Brown, no one would have said, ask her for a cake anyway. <laughs> How rude. She just told me she's going to eat with her boy so they can die. Just make me a cake first. That was his response. Make me a cake first. If I had done something like that and my mom found out, what grown man in here would admit your mom would have whipped the fire? That's how we talk where I was from. They whipped the fire out of you. Come on, men. Some of you ain't being honest at all. Wave your hand at me. Your mom would have whipped you. But he looked, looked at her and said, uh, make me a little cake first. And without giving her time to respond, he said, and the Lord would have you know. <laughs> You're going to eat for many days. If you can trust me with what you've got, I can give you what you don't. I'm wondering if there's anybody in this room that has ever found out over time that when you learn to trust him with what you've I didn't have much, but I put it in the hands of God. All I had was a dream, and he turned it into a business. All I had was a dream, and he kept my family alive. All... How many in this room? Come on, I got to poll the crowd. Who in here? I know it's weird for the pastor to ask this question, but who in here's ever paid your tithes when you knew your flesh was saying, don't you do it? You've always wanted to tell me. Might as well just tell me. Just. But how many like me have found that when you trusted him, <laughs> when you trusted him, when you trusted him, all I got's a little meal. All I got's a little bit of oil. But when I trust who am I preaching to right now? You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him with what you've got. And when you trust him, I need you to lift your hands all over this building. Somebody's having your trust built right now. Woo! If you trust him, if you trust him, if you trust him, if you trust him, if you trust him. You know how I feel about the Max and Camby? So, Brother Schmidt. You know how I feel, Brother Schmidt, about Greenwood? If I trust him, if I trust him, I don't need it to make sense on paper. I just need it to make sense in this book. I don't need it to make sense in the... I don't need it to make sense in logic. I just need it to make sense in the heavenlies. I don't need it to make. 
Come on, if you can trust him with it, he can multiply it. He can turn it into food for many days. And it was not just the prophet who now benefited from the miracle. Because I would have liked to have seen the expression on his face while he was cutting that cake up. Get him a long switch. Boy, that's better than brook water. Got a little cake in his belly. Come on, got a little fresh, fresh cake on his tum-tum. But you know who else was eating? They were. Because they trusted the plan of God. Now they were eating. But it wasn't just mama. Mama is the truster. Her child is the beneficiary. Because when mama trusted, the children become the beneficiary. The child gets to watch. I want to see not just her eyes. I want to see the boy's eyes the next day when he gets up and there's still meal. And there's still oil. Because he'd already been listening to her, his mama lock herself in the bathroom and cry tears about their last meal. He'd already been listening to her cry and weep. He had seen the sticks in her hands. It's over until God says it isn't. I don't know their spiritual encounter up until this point, and you can't really find it. But I will tell you this, that in this moment, no longer is just the prophet, but now the believers become the beneficiaries. And I don't know what the boy had believed up until then, but I know that the boy got to see a meal every single day. And it probably changed the way they felt until he dies. Oh, pastor, we were doing so good. We Go back to the jump thing. That was. What a miracle. Whoa, we got oil. We got bread. He's sick. No, 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 no. He shouldn't be sick. We got oil. We got bread. And the truth is, I don't know how long he had been going without to get in the state he was in. I don't know what happened to him. But I do know this, he got sick and he just kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker because just because you start having good church doesn't mean life stops happening. It's one of the greatest ploys of the enemy is to make people think that just because you trusted God, now you'll no longer have problems. Unless you become like Enoch and you are no more for the Lord takes you. Brother Aaron, we're just going to have life and have issues. And, have, and I wish it was not so, but he dies. And the prophet says, not today. <laughs> not today. Some things I got to accept. The brook deal, I'm accepting. But I'm not accepting this. You know why he didn't accept it? He didn't have a word from God to accept it. Let me teach you for a minute right now. Certain things have to be accepted because the Lord gives clear direction for acceptance. But unless you get peace or clarity, do not settle for anything.
I am not settling because people want me to settle. Man, I feel like preaching that right there. I am not settling for mediocre just because people, it would make some people more comfortable and you shouldn't either. You should not, just because nobody else in your family wants to live for God, you should not be some passive version of you. Don't be some, I'm talking to somebody right now. Don't be some mediocre version of you. You know what I'm thankful for? I am thankful, Brother Faulkner, that when the boy died, the prophet said, give me the boy. <clears throat> um, it's going to be embarrassing if he doesn't get up. Yeah, but it's going to be pretty awesome if he does. <laughs> well, Sipes, it's going to be really awkward if he don't get up. Yeah, but it's going to be bad to the bone if he does. Imagine this. He carries him up to the roof and lays him before God. Boy's not breathing. Checks his pulse. No, I don't know. Not breathing. Stretches himself out on him. And nothing happens. Too many people give out on the first stretch. You stretched yourself one time and nothing happened and you gave up. Hey, you've already put yourself out there. There's, who cares if we're embarrassed? Brother Williams, have you ever prayed prayers that didn't happen? Come on, be, say it in the microphone so people know it's not just I certainly me. have, yes. Get that on record. I'm not the only one that's ever prayed a prayer and it didn't happen. I think God answered it. He just didn't answer it the way I wanted it. You ever stretched yourself? I'm going to tell you what ministry is. Ministry is stretching yourself. It's vulnerable. Sometimes it's making a fool of yourself. Brother Titus, there's sometimes I'm stretching for everything I got. It's all I got. It's all I got. My wife will say later, why'd you do that? Just. Just stretching. And nothing, nothing happened. So what'd he do? He just stretched again. He said, well, I wouldn't do that. I bet if you said something to your kids and you didn't listen, they didn't listen to you, I guarantee you'd just stretch a little more. Oh, hey, you might not have heard me. <laughs> I'm reminded of the story, Billy Cole, when he was just a young preacher, had got a word from the Lord that when he got to the hospital, that that woman was going to live. I remember being in Ohio and he, he, my, my pastor had some of his voice in his life and my pastor would tell me that story and then I've read it in a book, but he was on his way to the hospital and, and he went in that room. He told him she's going to be okay and she was dead with a curtain over her face. He said, she's going to get up and they laughed at him. He said, I was standing in the room stretching myself out, praying over her, and they're laughing at me. He said, until finally I got mad. <laughs> and if you knew him, he could. <laughs> he said, until finally I called her by name and said, get up now. <laughs> he said, she went. <sniffs> All the doctors came running in. What happened? Now, some people don't believe in miracles like that, but the apostolic church knows that if it doesn't happen the first time you stretch, you just 
stretch again. You just, I've come to tell somebody tonight, you trusted him and your current situation doesn't make sense, but I got a fresh word, stretch again. Stand with me in this room for a moment and throw your hands towards heaven and stretch out before the Lord and tell him, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna make you a cake first. I'm gonna give you what I've got. Woo.